these times that we're living in are not always easy. That's why we have a powerful message of hope on this Easter special. This is the Empower Good Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Empower Good Podcast. I'm really excited that you're with us. Uh, we just had a release of an episode, How to Find True Freedom, What It Means to Be Truly Free, this last Friday. However, I want to release another episode uh, this weekend because it is Easter Sunday, and we want to do an Easter special. What a great opportunity to talk about hope, new beginnings, and the power of transformation. And I have my good friend Marco Topeta with me, but before we do that, I do want to uh, do a couple quick announcements. Again, I want to encourage you to share this episode and the other episodes with people who you think will be blessed and inspired and encouraged and strengthened. The reason being is because there's only one way for this episode to grow, this podcast to grow, and that is by you sharing. And many of you have been doing that. Listenership has been increasing. I just want to thank you so much. I'm not on social media. And uh, for more people to be encouraged and inspired, just like you have been, um, we need to work together as a team. But I do also want to thank you for doing that. And thank you for the positive encouragement. I just want to read you guys some some feedback that I've been getting from people reaching out. Uh, by the way, a couple ways you can reach out. You can obviously rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, but also you can send me a message at joelmutre at gmail.com. Eventually we'll have a website with a specific email, you know, I don't know, hello at empowergood.org or something like that. But for now, uh, joelmutre, J-O-E-L-M-O-U-T-R-A-Y at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out and uh, your feedback uh, is is an encouragement, uh, Is uh, does mean the world to me. But I want to read a few. Uh, it says right here from Sarah in California, it is good to hear you on the podcast. I really appreciate your piece on, quote, using the brain as your greatest superpower. That was episode one of season two. Ariana from the Midwest says, uh, just listened. So good. I'm so glad you're doing your podcast again. It was good to hear your voice. She is a, a listener from the previous episode a year and a half ago, and she is glad that I am back. And uh, by God's grace, it's going to continue to get better. Thank you so much for those encouraging words. Kesa from California says, dude, this is so awesome. I'm so happy for you that you're back on this. I was kind of sad when you stopped, but I'm so glad you're starting to use your gifts again. Thank you. Christian from California says, awesome. So glad you're doing this again. And Savannah from California says, it was really good that you picked this back up. Wow. What an awesome episode. Liked it. Totally empowering. Thank you guys so much. I'm words of affirmation. So those that right there literally fills my cup. But I do it for you. I do this uh, so that you can be empowered to do more good, so that you can grow, and so that you can help other people be more effective and to live the ultimate life that God has created for us to do. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for empowering others. But let's get to our episode. Marco Topeta, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely, man. I'm happy to be here. I am excited for you to join because your story is a powerful story. It's a story of transformation. And in the spirit of Easter, the spirit of you know Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, and the story of Jesus Christ rising from the dead, why not highlight a message of hope, a message of transformation, that no matter what situation you're in, whether it is uh, discouragement, uh, sadness, anxiety, depression, abuse, uh, you're struggling in school, the coronavirus you know, makes, makes it so that you lost your job. Whatever it is, we need a message of hope. And that's what we want to bring to you on this Easter Sunday special. Let's start off with 
the theme verse for today's episode, and that is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I love that. All things have become new. Marco, you have a powerful testimony. Take us from your moment of hopelessness to the moment of transformation and what God has done in your life. My time of hopelessness uh, most definitely was in Santa Clara County Jail. Just, I remember being in that jail cell and looking out this little tiny window on the wall and it was a dark, cold, cement-filled room and the, the, the bars were, 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 were separate enough for me to be able to actually look through them and it overlooked 101 Freeway in San Jose, California. And I remember looking out that little window and looking onto the freeway and looking at all these cars zooming by one by one. And I thought to myself, all of those people have somewhere to be today. And I am stuck here in jail, basically my life being over. That's, I think, Joel, that that's the time that I really just felt the most hopeless um, before I was introduced to hope. Wow. It really sounds like you were at the lowest of your lowest. How did you get there? What led up to you being in that situation? Uh, now, with that being said, sometimes environments most definitely uh, culture you to make certain decisions or to place your will in certain areas. I grew up in a non-religious home, Eastside San Jose. Uh, there was prostitutes down the street. There was game bangers lived on the corner house. There was people selling drugs at the park. I mean, all of this was really common. And in my neighborhood, it had actually become a new normal. So that's the way that I was brought up. That's what I believed. That's how I was cultured. 10 years old, I started smoking weed. Not long after that, I started selling weed when I was in sixth grade. And um, and that's kind of how life looked like for the next several years. And for me, uh, that was normal. And that was until my normal was broken. The way that my normal was broken was when I when I went to live with an aunt of mine, my mom's eldest sister. And for the first time ever, um, I lived under a Christian roof, and I noticed that they didn't, they weren't only just Christians by name, but they actually lived out the principles that they believed in, and they read the Bible, and they wanted to live according to what the Bible said, and when I saw that, it left a powerful imprint on my brain and on my mind, thinking like, wow, like everything that I thought was normal is actually abnormal, and this right here is normal. And God started to work on my life. I started to study the Bible. I started to surround myself with people who, who love Jesus. And uh, through that experience was how I came to eventually surrender my life to Christ. Now, it didn't happen overnight. In fact, um, when I went to live with my aunt, th at this point, I was living in Arkansas of all places. And when I had an encounter with Jesus and wanted to follow him, uh, lo not long after that, I moved back to San Jose, California. And when I went back to San Jose, California, it was almost like that old spider web uh, was ultra sticky. And as soon as I got back, it was hard to kind of live out my new normal that I learned from my Christian family. And I ended up falling away from Christ for almost five years. And that was kind of how my, my journey took me for, for some time. That's really powerful to see how God took you from a life of crime and addiction and living in the world and even ending up in a jail cell to now being touched by Christ and having him come into your life. What is life like now? How, what, what are the fruits of that transformation in your life? Uh, well, the, really cool, the really neat thing about it is 
uh, the fact that even though I had fallen away from God, God was still most definitely seeking me. And uh, he was most definitely wanting and desiring a relationship with me. Um, so through that process, I was able to give back to him and able to give my heart back to him. Uh, so now it's been since 2012. So it's been about eight years now since I've since I've given over my life to Christ. And he's really just uh, give, been giving me new normals. I know that I've been using the word normal a lot. And the reason being is we all have a normal, uh, at least what we think is normal, until we are introduced uh, to a different way. And what was normal in my upbringing was, you know, addiction, was uh, broken homes, was single parent homes, um, unhealthy relationships, um, um, people that kind of were just wandering around. And and uh, the new normal that God has given me since I've came back to him is he's given me a family. I have a wife now. I've been married more than uh, over two years um and not not long ago maybe about three years ago um he gave me a new normal he actually expunged my criminal history uh, so now i can legally say that i've never broken the law not long at not, not long ago actually just this year last february i just finished my 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 undergrad i got i got i i was able to complete a business degree and um just being the first one in my family um that ever really went to college and and finished something so over and over and over again, God is giving me new normals. And the cool thing about it is that these normals just don't stop with me. Where now if, if and when God gives me a family, now my kids are going to understand life a little differently than how I understood it. So it's not just about breaking what you, what you think is normal for yourself, but thinking of the big picture. You know, uh, thinking of what the new normals are going to be for not just you, but for your family. And I think that's what's so important about as we think about hope and as we think about restoration, as we think about what God has given us and what he can give us is it's not just for me, but it's for for my generation after me. Really goes along with the empower good theme, which is selfless improvement. And it's not just about growth for yourself so that you can live the abundant life that God promises you. I mean, he wants us to be happy. He wants you to be happy, me to be happy, successful. And But he wants us to do it for other people. One of the theme quotes of Empower Good is where it says that our first duty to God and man is self-development. In other words, God created us and and he, he, he endowed us with talents that should be developed and to reach and to be restored through the gospel power. Yet at the same time, it's for our fellow man because they also need to hear. Not just, you talk about your family legacy, uh, but also for uh, those around us. Um, maybe uh, you can share with me a brief experience. Let's make it practical. I and mean, we talked about you know Christ transforming your life uh, spiritually. Uh, what's a what's a way that God has changed your life um, you know, in a practical way? Like maybe it's health, or maybe it's organization, or professionally, etc. Well, I mean, I, all aspects really. Uh, if you if you think about health, um, when I st started serving God, I, I started to kind of, well, not kind of, but I started to really want to take care of my body uh, from the biblical teaching that that my body is the temple of God, and uh, the Spirit dwells in me, lives in me. So, he uh, health speaking, I've never been healthier in my life. I just turned thirty years old, yet I'm healthier now than when I was back in high school, which is kind of interesting. My biggest highlight, though, is my relationship with my wife. Uh, growing up in a home where, where I didn't, I never got a, a, an example of what a healthy, 
couple or healthy relationship look like? My wife and I are happily married. And that in and of itself is a miracle of God. Uh, just because, I mean, when you bring two people who never really uh, were taught or trained in how to treat your spouse, um, but yet being so happy, I mean, it's just awesome. And I think that right there is the crown of being able to have a healthy relationship uh, with the woman I love. Let's talk about in the moment, like when Marco Topete is discouraged, uh, when he's going through, because we're talking about hope and the people listening, they all have a different um, situation. You know, maybe they just need motivation to do homework or whether or not mm-hmm. they need to like get, you know, get off the couch and like go find a job during this coronavirus that, you know, because they lost their job, let's say at the restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you're down, how do you remind yourself of, the, of hope? How do you get hope back into your heart? Well, this actually just recently happened. Uh, recently, um, I had the impression or kind of the thoughts were that, that weren't positive, that were negative, that, that I felt uh, alone. I, I think all of us have been impacted by this pandemic uh, to one degree or another. And for me, uh, life slowed down a lot and I started to feel kind of like discouraged. I started to feel like, man, like, what am I doing? Uh, what should I be doing or whatever the case may be. And in the middle of all of that, when when I was feeling down and out, when I wasn't feeling encouraged, when I was feeling discouraged and all of that stuff, I had to remind myself um, just that God loves me. And if God loves me, that he's going to take care of me. And it, it, it sounds pretty simple, but I li- it, it, it took a mental struggle in order for me to actually believe it. But I had to remind myself. I think I even talked out loud. I said, Marco, God wants you to have an awesome life. And he's led you this far. So what makes you think he's just going to forget about you now? And when I reminded myself of my position with God as his son, as being adopted by him, and as thinking of God as being a tenderly uh, uh, father figure for me, and I never had a father figure, then I was reminded that I... I should be encouraged. I know that God didn't call me out of the world for me to be this pouting, discouraged, gloomy, dark Christian, but he called me out of the world to be a light, to shine. And oftentimes the way we shine brightest is with our attitude, with the way that we speak to people, the way that we respond when maybe we're spoken to to in a way that we didn't appreciate. Or even with this whole pandemic thing, how we respond when times are stressful. I just... I, I just had to hit pause and remind myself of God's love for me. I think you bring up a really good point. And I, I want to ask you this next question. What, like, like in your experience and, and just for the listeners, what's the importance of looking back when trying to find hope for the future? Well, when you look back, you, I mean, it's kind of like the whole concept. I have a puppy and for me, my puppy's always a puppy. Uh, but when I, when I, when I see people that I haven't seen in a while, the first thing they tell me is how big my dog has gotten. I don't think he's gotten that big. Um, I, in fact, he still kind of looks the same to me. I wish he was bigger. But the dog is growing. I just don't necessarily sense it because it's my dog and I see him every single day. And his growth is is small, but it's consistent. And it's the same thing with us. Um, I know for me, myself, when I think of myself or whatever the case may be, and I look at where I'm at, I'm like, man, I wish I, wish I was leaps and bounds more ahead, either in life, in my professional life, my spiritual life my personal life. I wish I played the guitar better by now. You know, I just started, you know, a few years ago. I wish I was so much better or whatever. But the reality is I'm growing. 
is just I don't sense myself growing because I'm with me all the time and I'm the person I see all the time and I'm, I'm with myself all the time. I mean, it's me. So when you, when you, when you hit pause and you look back, oh man, I was sitting in jail one time. Oh man, I, I had, I was really struggling with this. Oh man, I was, I couldn't stop drinking when I tried. And yet, you know, it's been since 2014, since I had a drink, it's been six years. What in the world? When you hit pause and you look back at where you once were, it gives you an opportunity to get out of that moment and to see that, hey, even though you're not the person that you wish you were, at least you're not the person that you used to be. You know, in life, there are things that hit us like coronavirus, job economy, maybe a family member passes away, school, grades, et cetera, that kind of just come upon us. It's not really our fault. But however, there are many times that we make mistakes ourselves that we put that kink in the situation and we're the fault we're at fault for for halting our growth and and really taking hope out of our experience what can you tell us about you know that time when you feel like you need to wait to just start over does god do that does he does he have a probationary period well the, well joel i think the first thing to understand is the reason why we think that that there is this little period of waiting period of test period of trial before we actually feel forgiven and guilt-free is the fact that that's how we personally are. When we are hurt, when someone lets us down or someone hurts us, and even if they say, I'm sorry, it takes us some time before we actually forgive them, if we are quite honest with ourselves. And the, and since we are like that, we portray God to be like that too. And I think that's the biggest mistake. Because when God says, if you, for, if you confess your sins and ask forgiveness, I will forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's not saying if you confess your sins and ask forgiveness, it'll take me a week, but eventually I will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all. That's not what he's saying. He said, I will forgive you. Now, your feelings need to actually catch up to that forgiveness into believing what the Bible says about that. So if you've made a mistake, whether in your spiritual life, your personal life, your professional life, there is always something to be learned from that mistake. In fact, some things can only be learned when you make a mistake. But if you make a mistake, learn the lesson there is to be learned and continue moving forward. In your spiritual life, believe that you're forgiven and, and continue going to the Lord. Don't, don't, don't hold a gap between you. In your professional life, under, understand the mistake, learn from the mistake, but continue to progress forward. In your personal life, the same thing. Don't let that weigh you down so much that it does not allow you to learn and to grow. Marco, as we're closing, I want you to give us a charge. Uh, we're talking about Easter, new hope every day, fresh hope right away, and the power of transformation in the gospel. Uh, leave us with a power thought. Well, I mean, this weekend is Easter weekend. The, the disciples were poorly disappointed. They were discouraged and without hope. And little did they know that the biggest miracle was just about to happen. Little did they know that God himself, who died, was about to be resurrected and taken up to heaven. Maybe you feel without hope. Maybe you've fallen. Maybe you've made some mistakes spiritually, professionally, personally. It may just be that the miracle is around the corner. Get up, move forward, and expect great things from God. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Empower Good Podcast. I am truly honored. 
Remember, until next time, share this episode with somebody who you know needs the encouragement. God bless you, and remember to empower good.